Buy one, get one half off traditional Wing Tuesdays at Buffalo Wild Wings? Wing Tuesdays is the best day of my life, every Tuesday. What about graduating valedictorian or the first day of your new job? I mean, those are all great, but they just weren't on a Wing Tuesday. Buy one, get one half off traditional wings every Tuesday, only at Buffalo Wild Wings. To the greatest of all times. Buy one, get one of equal value, 50% off traditional wings on Tuesdays at participating locations. Not valid with other offers. Size exclusions may apply, while supplies last. Limit one. Delivery and takeout available at participating locations through Buffalo Wild Wings app or website. Fees, including service fees, may apply. Nearly made that mistake again. I just had my microphone down, but I remembered to turn it back up this time. G'day everyone, Lauren Kress, the business scientist here. For an interview episode, uh, Wednesday is the interview day. And as I said on Monday, I was like, oh, I might do the episode with Peter Strockob. So Peter and I caught up, I think, probably two months ago now. We've actually had a couple of catch-ups. So for another podcast show uh, and project I'm working on with the Starter Pod, Peter and I caught up in studio. But this one was a LinkedIn Live interview and look this is I've done a lot of interviews with sales uh people and if you've been listening to me for a while you would also know about my other show the oyster um which I kind of did last year this is the best interview I've done on b2b sales Peter is amazing uh we talk about sort of the problems with and the complexity of B2B sales. And if you're managing a team in particular, this is a great one. But even if you're just, you know, on your own at the moment, uh, some really good things to learn about now and to understand now. Uh, One of the things, for instance, that we talk about and Peter mentions is that there can be this expectation from business founders uh, that the salesperson kind of brings a sales process with them and so each salesperson who's onboarded has their own kind of system. They're not trained on how to sell from the business's perspective. So um, some great stuff in here. If you want to find out more about Peter, he did make an offer on this show, which, like I said, was recorded a while ago. I'm not still not sure if he's still doing it, but definitely worth reaching out to him and asking is he was for a time uh, – doing like a free one hour sales strategy call to help you work through that sort of generating your pipeline uh, stuff and generating sort of building your sales funnel, optimizing your sales funnel. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, So yeah, if that sounds like something as you're listening through this, if that sounds like something that's relevant, reach out to Peter, head over to his website, uh, peterstrockob.com or uh, on LinkedIn as well. I'll put his uh, info and links and stuff in the show description. Uh, what else do I need to say? Oh, if you're a new listener to this show and you're liking it, please uh, leave a positive rating and review. Uh, really, really appreciate that. And uh, as I kind of mention uh, every episode at the moment, uh, I've started a Kofi page. So it's like ko-fi.com and my page is forward slash Lauren Cress. Uh, the link will also be in the show description where you can buy me a cup of coffee, which is awesome because I need a lot of coffee to make this show. Anything that you can do there, I'd really appreciate it. I'm doing three shows a week at the moment, which is pretty full on. And uh, yeah, it's not sponsored anymore. I've kind of 
taking a different direction with my business at the moment. And as some as some as as some of you may have seen, if you follow me on LinkedIn, uh, last Friday I got to be part of the launch of a new podcast show. Uh, we recorded four episodes, and I was hosting that uh, for the Nudge Group. Uh, the podcast show is going to be called Give It a Nudge and it's launching in a few weeks. So I'll uh, share some info about that when it's up because it's pretty cool. Uh, and it was really fun to be part of. They're an awesome team, uh, Dana and Steve, who who run the business. Uh, yeah, what else am I doing? Um, oh, I'm on TikTok. I mentioned that on Monday. Uh, that's pretty. That's been pretty fun. I'm starting to see some traction. And if you're a listener from TikTok, I'd love to know because I, I want to sort of see what happens with the platform and how much those views correlate with like listens to this podcast. So uh, if you could leave a rating, when you leave a rating or a review, actually say like, I found you from TikTok. Or if you're kind of like, I don't want to leave a rating or a review because I can't be bothered. Um, please do. Um, no, but you can... <laughs> tweet with me at laurencrest89 that's also where you can tell me what you think of the show if you have any ideas uh any questions any comments any feedback any disagreements uh twitter is the place to go for that if you want to catch episodes like this live uh, i live stream tuesday wednesday and thursday mornings most most weeks i was meant to have one this morning and it fell through so um it's tuesday i'm recording this on tuesday night so Sometimes it doesn't work, but Wednesday mornings, I'm pretty much guaranteed to be on. If you're listening to this as it's being released on Wednesday morning, uh, I'm going to be on Ticker TV at 9.30 a.m. AEST, so Australian Eastern Standard Time, uh, with Trevor Young, a PR warrior. We're going to talk about B2B content marketing, and you can watch it on demand as well, but I'm just letting you know because it's a live show, so... Uh, if you've if you're a fan of Ticker TV, it's pretty cool. Uh, there's an app and there's a website, and yeah, I will be on 9:30 a.m. Wednesday, the 29th of July, just after this podcast goes out. All right, I'll let you have a listen to today's episode. It's like I said, it's really really good. Uh, Peter is awesome and just lovely person to connect with as well. Highly recommend reaching out to him. All right, guys, have an awesome week. I will see you again on Friday where I'll share my live stream uh, from my Seen and Heard series. I think we're up to, oh, yeah, this is a good one. Okay, this Friday is going to be about how to get on more podcast shows. So if you're trying to promote your brand, I'm going to share with you exactly how you can get on podcast shows because last Friday we talked about why you might want to think about getting on podcast shows. So this is going to take you blow by blow through what you can do. Guaranteed to work. Uh, you'll be able to get on a podcast every week if you if you want to. So um, tune in to that. All right, guys, have an awesome week and I'll speak to you again soon. There's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer where worship isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking tire the S-curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the lines being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark.
Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. G'day, everyone. Lauren Cress, the business scientist here, and we're talking about B2B sales today with Peter Strockholm. So I'm going to get Peter, you just to start off by sharing a little bit about you and what you do, because it's awesome and it's very needed and fascinating. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. Great to be here. So hello, everybody. I'm Peter Strokov. I've for my sins spent nearly 20 years in the corporate world and at uh, 3M, Canon, Sony, CSC. And I've taken lots of what not to do lessons away from that. And, uh, and so what I've done then is uh, I've uh, founded my own uh, company called Peter Strokov Advisory now. And I do three very important things. And they actually, I'm actually quite passionate about each of the three things. And, and, and the first one is a bit more strategic. And it's that um, I believe that uh, there's a lot of room for improvement in a lot of organizations to help their sales teams and their marketing teams to work together more effectively. And, and I, I call that smarketing. And, and I've actually um, written a book about that as well uh, called Smarketing, Sell Smarter, Not Harder. So that's, that's something more strategic for sort of medium to large organizations. Then the second thing is I've had a look about, I've been thinking about the, the old sales funnel for a long time. And it's occurred to me that it's gone a bit long in the tooth. You know, it's, it's, it's getting a bit outdated. And, and the thing I really don't like about it is that it's totally inward looking. So that um, it's about, uh, you know, we put our leads in, we nurture the leads, we advance the leads, we hand them over to sales, we then um, get sales to follow them up. And then eventually there's sale coming out. How much is that about the buyer? Mm. Right. So what I've done now is I've reimagined the, the old sales funnel for the 2020s and I've turned it around and made it totally customer facing at every step of the way. And I'm, I'm happy to elaborate on that. So that's, that's more aimed at, um, you know, smaller and medium large uh, companies or um, sales departments in large organizations. But, but it's basically there to streamline and accelerate the sales funnel that you already have. And, and to improve on, on, on it just so, so that more sales fall out the bottom and you need fewer leads at the top to get the same result. Right? And the third thing then is that if you have a good sales funnel that's leak-proof and fast and smooth and accelerated, then of course you need to put leads into the top of it. And, and, and again, a lesson learned from big business of how not to do it is to spam everybody, um, hit up 10,000 suspects in the hope that you know 20 or 30 might uh, just be in the right um, frame of mind to buy your products or services right that's that's bad for the people being hit up it's it's bad for the sales reps brand and it's bad for the organization's brand as well and if it happens on on social platforms like linkedin or so then it's actually bad for the reputation of the platform as well and everybody's saying oh linkedin is just a spam engine you know so it's actually not a good idea all around. So what, what I believe in is something much more sophisticated that's actually a bit like account, what we used to call account-based marketing, but applied to lead generation. So I, I call it sophisticated prospect engagement. 
and and what it means is that we do the right thing like like people do these days face to face so we reach out to somebody and 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 let's face it on linkedin you can find anybody that's your ideal prospect right i mean that's the the ideal platform for that but what we don't want to do is say hey lauren would you connect with me and then you say yeah okay you look good on paper i'll connect with you and then bang the minute that you connect with me i'll hit you up with a sales pitch right Mm -hmm. nobody likes that and i don't i don't know why people do that because it's so stupid right but um (laughs) but the better way is to say look lauren i i appreciate what you do and i respect you for being an expert in in a particular field I happen to be an expert in my particular field as well. And here's some evidence of that. Here's some white papers, some success stories, some uh, articles I've written or whatever, right? So we get to know each other a little bit. And then I might say, look, we've, we've, we seem to enjoy each other's um, um, thought leadership. How about we connect, right? And so then we, we connect. And by the time we connect, we already know a bit about each other. And then we might banter about it a bit more. And then we say, Lauren, I've really enjoyed our interaction online, but how about uh, we move it to a phone call or an online call, right? Just to get your acquaintance and to understand your business a bit better. So you can see it's much slower, which a lot of salespeople might go, ah, slow, slow is not good, yeah? But you can be make it very targeted. You can make it target at your ideal prospects and customers and then draw them into a conversation and engage with them at, at their level um, and, and it doesn't feel salesy for either party. And, and then once the lead is established, then it's already pre-qualified. And it, like I said, it's your ideal prospect. So that was a very long-winded introduction, but uh, those are the, the three things that uh, I, I do for my clients. Oh, no, you like highlighted it perfectly. And just quickly, I want to shout out to um, Tim, who joined in the chat and said, hello, thanks, Tim, hello. <laughs> So, guys, if you have questions as I'm talking with Peter, as I'm sure a lot of you do, don't be shy. Feel free to put a comment in and I'll ask Peter on your behalf your question because I think B2B sales is a complicated area. I mean, just in talking about lead gen then uh, in your last, you know, your sort of third point, like there are so many steps involved in just that first sort of part of the sales process. And what I see so much of at the moment is a lot of like so-called gurus, particularly on Facebook, who are like sort of preaching this idea of like the the spruiking call, you know, for 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 B two B sales, which I think is quite surprising because like I'm I guess quite old school in the sense of like you have an account manager who, you know, does exactly what you're saying. You know, you go and have a coffee and you you get to know so or virtual coffee at the moment. Uh, one of the things I I'm sort of wondering is, you know, is this right now, you know, when I think people are a little bit more hesitant to do the hard sell, which as I was saying, is not really working anyway. Uh, do you think it's an opportunity for people to reflect and kind of go, actually, this, maybe this isn't working anyway. And maybe this isn't just about, you know, dealing with the current crisis and selling softer. Maybe this is actually a better long-term sort of strategy. Yeah, that's a great question, Lauren. The, look, the I, I believe that you know, as, as terrible as the crisis is, and it's global, and it's a health crisis plus a uh, an economic crisis, it's it's actually a great catalyst to rethink what the hell are we doing, right? Um, it's 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 kind of giving us a bit of pause. People are working from home, and and people are saying, "Gee, I've got so much more time now that I'm not being interrupted at the office, right? Let's use this time to really rethink." 
that whether the old ways are still the good ways, right? So I think it's an ideal opportunity for any business leader, sales leader, um, even sales, sales reps themselves to think about does what I used to do still work now and what could work better, mm. right? And, and in, in particular, that's why I think that the time for rethinking the sales funnel has really arrived because now is the time to rethink about what are you going to do in this climate now that's different from before the crisis? And I think very importantly, how am I going to plan for what I'm going to do when the crisis is over? What am I going to do differently post-crisis, right? And and um, and I'm I'm really happy to help people with that. And, and in fact, um, do you mind if I mention a free offer that I've got at the no, moment? No, please do, please do. Well, I, I talked about the sales funnel earlier and how I can, I can streamline and accelerate it. I'm I'm currently offering for SME businesses a free sales funnel review with me, where we're going together through your sales funnel, and you tell me what works and what doesn't work, and I'll help you to streamline it. And that's 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 uh, I'm making an hour of my time, of my expertise. And my tools available to help SMEs, so particularly the ones affected by the by the um, crisis at the moment, to actually rethink their sales funnel for a future. I love that. I, I'm kind of tempted to take you off on the offer myself, Peter. What if you qualify? Because I think you know, like the one of the things I wonder about as well, like when when I used to work in in media, we kind of had a structure where. Um, we had like the the account manager from the sales perspective. And then we had someone like me who was kind of more like the solution account manager, project manager, who would kind of take the client from just before the close through the, the sort of onboarding process and into the project. And one thing that, you know, we kind of struggled with quite a lot at the time was that it was hard to actually define the sales process because a lot of people that were really great at sales were also people who were, you know, they were, they were great on the fly, you know, so they were good at like responding to needs and very creative and, you know, confident. But when it came to actually the systemization of sales within the business and how it integrated with, you know, we had a lot of overselling, we had a lot of overpromising and things like that. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Like, is it sort of like, you know, the ideal salesperson also might find that those structures kind of tricky? Yeah, so, so here's something funny. Um, I, I think a lot of organizations actually do not have a sales funnel or a sales mm -hmm. process, right? Mm -hmm. And I've heard some very senior um, exec sales executives in multinational organizations say, well, we don't have a sales process. That's the salespeople bring that with them. Right, and and I can't believe when I hear that 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 they say we don't have a scalable and proven sales process that we just plug the sales reps into and we put the leads at the top and sales fall out the bottom. Right, mm -hmm. instead you have a sales process one for each rep. Right, so if you have two hundred reps, that's two hundred different processes, and and no no two look the same. Yeah, I I just think that's such a waste of uh, opportunity. To, to streamline all that and 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 get it uh, predictable, and, and I think that's that's the reason that a lot of the um, sales forecasts are not uh, are not reliable either. You know that um, and and then now you've got me on my on my soapbox. Now, now the the other thing is that the 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 reps go through endless cadence calls. Like every Monday morning, there's a cadence call. What are you doing now? Why hasn't this closed? What are you going to do about it? Blah 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 blah. 
but it's all pressure, 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 and it's not support, support, support. Yeah. If, if you had a structured path forward where each each step is identified and, and you know how you what you need to do to move it forward, then the sales would go much more smoothly and, and you get a lot more of them and you get less um, either no decision sales or um, or sales that should, or opportunities that should have been um, qualified out much earlier. Mm. Right? So if you have a streamlined proper sales process, you can much be much better at qualifying in and at qualifying out an opportunity because qualifying out is just as just as important as qualifying in, as you know. I just saw Donald Kearney said two true great points and I agree it's it's like I mean the other thing I was thinking as you said this and I remember this being a problem in the company that I worked at was that the salesperson leaves and all of those they take all that know-how with them yes yeah. absolutely the know-how and, and the prospects a lot of the time <laughs> You know, and that's that's pretty scary. I mean, if we talk about if we if we bring this down to dollars and cents, because I know that's what a lot of decision makers care about at the end of the day, business performance. How much is this potentially costing people? Like, have you got some case studies of how much this can actually potentially cost businesses? Yeah. So let's not talk about business that disappears with the rep, right? <laughs> because because the, usually they have a contract that says you're not allowed to contact the same prospects for like six months or whatever, right? But but we know that to to um, recruit, to hire, and to onboard a rep can cost uh, upwards of fifty thousand dollars, right? Just in just in the in the commission and the time spent, uh, internal costs and uh, and the cost to to um, onboard the person, right? With training and everything, right? Then it takes three to six months for a sales rep to come up to full productivity, right? So so there's probably six to nine months gone if the person leaves right plus plus it it could cost you know 50 60 70 thousand dollars just for that period of time so so it's very important to get the selection process right to help them ramp up as quickly as possible and then to retain them keep them happy keep them producing and help them to be successful right because you want them to get good and then once they're good, you want them to stay and not not chuff off to supposed greener pastures, right? So so the retention is 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 very important. And you know, I, I'll ask you this: if if you're in an environment where your your boss is um, giving you um, weekly cadence calls and bashes you up every 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 Monday, right? Um, versus one where you actually get support and you have a structure that uh, that supports your success and and tries to help you be successful, which place would you like to work in, right? I know. I mean, no-brainer, right? <laughs> <laughs> so why, why do some organizations insist on bashing up their reps, right, instead of helping them? You know? I'm not saying all reps are angels, so <laughs> don't get me wrong with that. But but give them a chance, you know. Don't just <laughs> bash them up all the time. So, sorry, that was, again, a <laughs> oh no, I'm loving I'm loving the the soap soapbox, and I just got another message from Dylan Cresby who said I'll put my hand up and say my company is great at engineering, technicals, and uh, delivery, but our sales funnel is not formalized. And I'm you know like you said before, this is not a uncommon thing, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, we were we were talking about this just before. Sorry, Peter. I was going to say we were talking about this just before we started recording that it can can kind of be an afterthought. And Dylan, thank you for being so so honest and open. But it it can really be an afterthought for a, for a lot of businesses. 
It, it can be. And, and because Dylan mentioned uh, an engineering firm, is that what he said? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's correct. I, I, I've got a little anecdote for you from, from that as well. And, and I, I once had to give a workshop for a whole bunch of um, engineers that uh, the, um, the organization wanted to start selling. So that, they didn't want to start, start selling the, the engineers, they wanted the engineers to start selling, right? And, 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 um, and so we ran this workshop and, I, and I, the first question of the workshop I asked them is, I, I showed up sort of a picture of a um, archetypical salesperson and I said, what, what comes into your mind? What's the first thing that comes into your mind, right? And they all said, filthy, dirty, cheating. <laughs> I thought, oh my God, this is a good start, right? And, and, and it, it turned out there was one simple trick to get them to, to change their mindset, right? And, and that was when I said, what if you didn't think of it as selling? What if you thought of it as helping the customer to buy? Mm -hmm. right? So if we make it customer focused and not product focused, right? Yeah. And, they said, and they said, well, Helping, no, no, we love helping. You know, of course we love helping, but we're not selling, right? So as long as you explain to them that that the pushy, you know, um, bad reputation sales um, person is, is no longer really somebody we want around. You know, um, what what and 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 to the point, the prospects and customers don't want to be sold to either. They want to be advised and they want to be engaged. And they want to be informed about their choices, right? Now, of course, we want to we want to inform them, and we want to engage them so that they buy from us. But but we still got to talk about the options and choices, right? Yeah. And, and not about how good is this product, and you should just buy it because it's good or it's cheap or it's green or it's purple, right? Uh, it, it's because what it does for the customer that's important rather than what it looks like or what the features. Yeah, that I love that. I remember um, Marty Vids actually, who I had on uh, LinkedIn Live, I think a week or so ago, he gave me some great advice. He said like, because I was really struggling at one point with making the offer, you know, and uh, and he was like, think of it as giving a gift, you know, like don't think of it as like you're pushing something onto people. It's like, look, there's this there's this gift that I have that can help you solve this problem. Uh, you don't have to take it. It's okay if you don't want it. Uh, but it's it, it, the mindset aspect of this. I think it's so important because we do have all these really negative associations, don't we? Like you said, like with what a salesperson is or what a salesperson does. But but I think it's driven by the way that they're managed, you know, yeah. often, right? So so if if they manage to 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 close, you know, then they'll be pushy, and that the 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 pressure that they're exposed to they'll pass it on to the prospect or to the client, you know, and it's, it's not healthy. Right? Yeah. The, the other thing is I heard a great saying the other day, I, I forget who said it, it wasn't me, um, but they said that opening is the new closing mm. right? Be, because it's now much harder to get in touch with the right person because they're all curled up going, you know, don't sell anything to me. Whatever you're selling, I'm not interested, go away, right? Have you heard that? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, because they get bombarded by people who have no idea whether they need any, this this thing that they're selling or not, right? Yeah. They're just throwing it out there as, you know, throw some throw enough mud and something will stick, right? There's the, the old pray and spray method. And and that's why I'm so against this um, praying and spraying or, or this, this um, you know, pummeling people with emails and, and spam um, because it creates a bad 
impression on, on the buyer and they think all salespeople are like that. Mm. Right? Whereas if opening is the new closing and you open in the right way, the close will feel natural. It yeah. won't feel like you're pushing for a close. It, it'll feel like a natural conclusion of a process that they've gone through. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, it's really interesting that you mentioned that because for, for me, just using my own personal experience, um, I, I've said to people before, I'm like, oh, I, I, you know, I have quite a high, high close rate, but I don't like really ever make, <laughs> I don't even really need to make an offer. <laughs> like it's sort of just like through the, the discussions and through the process, which I'm sure could be improved by your review, by the way, Peter, but where I've got into in this journey so far is that by the time we start to get into, you know, you can kind of sense like this person's interested, this feels like the right kind of fit. We also get along, you know, which I think a lot of people want. They want to like you. They want to buy from people they like. Um, it sort of just does feel very natural and I don't get that. I know when I used to try to do the push sell, I would get that like nervous energy before that moment, you know, and I was like, oh, there's no, there's no feeling of nerves anymore because that's not the type of conversation that we're, that we're having. So it is like, it's a much nicer way to, to work, I think as well for, for salespeople. And, and, and there, there are um, some really interesting techniques of how you can start a conversation and actually make people feel easy um, about talking with you, right? Because when I feel like I'm getting salted, you can see them <laughs> lean back and, 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 and curl up, right? Um, whereas if, if you start the conversation right, then they relax and they go, oh, yeah, okay, that sounds good. Let's just talk, right? Yeah. And if, it, if, if you just frame it as let's, let's, let's just have a talk, um, then then it's much easier, right? Now, now don't get me wrong um, that I'm, I'm not trying to waste any executive's time because nobody just wants to talk. There's got to be a purpose behind it. But if you frame the conversation in the right context, it'll be much easier to then advance it. Yeah, no, it's a really, it's a really great point. Now, I want to ask you about smarketing because firstly, I love the word. I just think it's such a clever word. And from the marketing perspective for me, I'm often seeing these, these gaps, these sort of silos between sales and marketing where they're the, the marketing qualified leads and the sales qualified leads, there seems to be this gap between these two things happening. Can you talk us through a little bit more about what what's marketing's about and and some tips around that as well? Okay, <clears throat> so in, in in the book, I'll show it again. Here's the prop. Um, I'll, I actually talk about the the sales funnel and the marketing funnel becoming a marketing funnel, right? Because the top is owned by marketing, the bottom is owned by sales, and and uh, somebody again, I can't remember now, made the, made a point that actually um, it should revert back to marketing after the sale so that you get a good post-sales experience as well and you can you know, get engaged for repeat business and make sure that they're, they're so happy that they, the customer's so happy that they then become an advocate for the brand and they tell all their friends and mates and colleagues about how great it is to do business with you and to get more business that way, right? So, so that's that. But, but the, the, the marketing term is actually a very simple concept. It's, it's, it's not brain surgical, right? If, if we have sales engaging, you've got to sort of imagine a triangle, right? And it's uh, sales, marketing, and the customer. Okay? If sales talks to the customer, they will get Im immediate feedback from the call phase about what the customer thinks about the brand, the product, the, 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 the content that they've seen, right? Yeah. Why would sales hold on to that and keep them to themselves, right? If they feed that 
frontline knowledge back to marketing, marketing can make a much better informed decision in terms of what they need to provide to the customer again, like through the website, through white papers, through content, whatever, right? In terms of getting them interested to talk to the salespeople, right? Conversely, the, re the market research that marketing undertakes can then be fed back to the salespeople so they are knowledgeable about different industries and how the product fits in, uh, trends and, and uh, you know, things that they that make them a subject matter expert in front of the customer right so the point is that very simple if sales helps marketing so that marketing can help sales everybody wins there's there's less freewheeling there's less wasted time and effort right and and let me make this point as well that the, the one that wins the most is actually the customer because they get a great experience both online and offline you know and, and how often have you gone to a website and got an impression of the organization and then you talk to a rep and it's not quite the same yeah so uh, you know it's 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 not the rep's fault it's not marketing's fault it's just because there there is a disconnect you know there is a a, a gap somewhere and and also from a in in, in the book i i give uh, a, a lot of different perspectives in terms of what's better right but from a from a financial perspective there because you, you become more effective in doing the right thing and, and there's less a few leads being wasted and there's less energy spent on generating the wrong leads or you know the, the wrong white paper or whatever your productivity goes up right from a customer we talked about the customer experience from that perspective um we've also touched on the employee experience that if if i'm working for an organization where i'm being supported i'd, I'd like to hang around versus one where i think i'm getting bashed up every week right so, so there's there's multiple benefits in marketing and all it is for one to help the other, for the other to, to do better. Yeah. And I love the the holistic approach you have to this, like in how you're talking about the, because I think a lot of the time, you know, business, well, from what I've seen anyway, they sort of separate like, oh yeah, there's the, the promotional brand side and then there's the internal culture side and mm -hmm. never the two shall meet <laughs> kind of thing, <laughs> you know, and, and like you say, like, I mean, happy employees that that's good for for company culture but it also has this impact on the brand and i think you know what i've seen a lot of as good as the intentions might be it's actually in the processes that things start to fall apart so you know are there sort of things that you look at when you're diagnosing a you know a, this situation within a company are there um, sort of sort of processes that you kind of help them to, you know, to I guess utilize to start bringing those things together? Yeah, yeah yes, I do. Is the short answer. The slightly longer answer is that that I I nobody likes for a consultant to come into an organization and tell them how to run their business, right? Nobody likes them to say, Lauren, you're doing everything wrong. I know better. Let me help you with that, right? Yeah. Instant, yeah. instant. Um, this dislike, right? Uh, but, so what, what I'm very strong about and very, very keen on is that I it's a it's a mutual voyage of discovery. So I let you discover this is why I've got assessments, self-assessments. That that's why I've got um, 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 reviews that, that we can use so, so that you can say, ah, oh, I didn't know this about my organization, or actually I hadn't thought of it from this perspective, right? So, so it's, it's very much consultative in, in, the, in the good sense of the word, not, not stealing your watch to tell you the time, but, uh, but, but in, 
in, in, in a collaborative way, we go through it together. And, and it's very important to me that, that the, the people are brought with them on board, uh, with, are brought on board with that, right? Because if, if, if you're part of the solution, you won't resist the solution, right? Mm -hmm. If it was your idea, you won't say, oh, this is stupid, right? Mm -hmm. So by, by helping you be part of the solution, and, and actually encouraging you to be part of the solution, the implementation becomes much simpler, much easier, much faster and, and uh, less wasteful. Yeah. Right? And, I, and I say that there is a, a people process and technology perspective to each of those, right? And, and uh, I'm trying not to step on another soapbox now, but to the-, the, the I'm liking the soapbox. <laughs> the, 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 thing, the thing I do not believe in, right, is to buy an app. Right, and then a miracle will occur just because we we paid for the license. Right, there there, there was an Accenture study um, that said that eighty five percent of CRM implementations fail to achieve their objectives. Right, and 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 that, that was just by by Accenture just about CRM, but it, it applies to anything else. You you buy Slack, right, and you just or, or Microsoft Team, right, comes with uh, Microsoft Office, right. Now Microsoft has the hardest time. That's the hardest time getting people to use team because it just comes with it and nobody knows what it is, right? So, so you need to actually introduce it in a way that people say, we have this problem. Oh, here's the tool to fix that with. Not here's a tool, what problem is it looking for, right? So, so that's why I say it's, it's a people, process and technology um, matter that, that needs to be addressed. I hope that makes sense. No, it makes complete sense. I mean, the thing that I see a lot of as well, and this is probably more in the, the startup space, but it's like the, the shiny new tool, you know? So it's, oh, there's this shiny new toy to play with. And suddenly there's like 20 different communication channels. You know, I, I did this sort of like spoof video about this last year where I was like working on a project in 2019 involves like, you know, email and then you've got Messenger like on Facebook and LinkedIn and then you've got Telegram and you've got WhatsApp and, you know, all these different things just to just to get someone in a conversation. <laughs> That's right. But you know that, that applies to sales as well. <clears throat> that there's now so many ways that so many channels that you can reach out to somebody. Um, it becomes overwhelming, you know. And, and I actually know people that have left LinkedIn for that reason, right? Because they they, they said it's just too distracting, you know. I get too many of these messages, right? Uh, I, I um, sometimes when I reach out to um, very senior executives, they don't actually have voicemail. That they, they have this text that says the person you're, you're calling is not available. You can leave a 10 second message and we'll uh, 10, 10 second text and we'll convert it into a message for them, right? Yeah. They actually shut themselves off. They're doing this, right? Yeah. And I mean, and yeah, I was about to say, I can understand it because I think like uh, everyone gets that spam, but then you've got people who are highly targeted that get that spam. One thing I found really helped, which is again, I mean, I love LinkedIn, but guys, you got to look into this. <laughs> so when you take yourself off a premium account, you get heaps less spam and it actually, I actually found I could actually be more productive with communicating with people effectively by taking myself off. Pre I have premium again now, but it, it was actually kind of a, I think I'm going to do it every once in a while just to have a bit of a break from those types of messages, you know, which is a bit, bit silly of LinkedIn, I think maybe, but, but I love it. I love LinkedIn. <laughs> I love LinkedIn as well, but it's just reminded me of something else that, 
that uh, what executives tell me is that they they get so many invitations for for just a half an hour coffee right from sales reps that they say if i took up all the coffee invitations i wouldn't get any work done you know so 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 as a rep you got to be very specific about what why am i contacting you what's in it for you and what does it involve yeah what's the investment of your time and and put you know down the track money as well to 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 engage with me right um so so but, but reps think that um sorry some reps think that that these these people are just waiting for their call and and if they offer them coffee that's going to be enough of a bribe to um to get an executive off behind off um out from behind their desk right which is uh ludicrous you, you've got to be professional I want to ask you one more question then if anyone has any um, comments or questions um, as well, feel free to ask them now. Yeah, <laughs> 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 a lot of people watch this after the live. So if you have questions after. Don't worry. Just put it in the comments and you, Peter, I'll just tag, tag you and, and you can come back to people. But the, the one sort of final question I want to ask you, because I think this is the, this is the really tricky part about that, that lead generation side of things that you mentioned is sort of that that third thing, which is that, you know, you want to reach out to someone to have a purposeful discussion, but you also don't want to appear pushy and like, this is all me and this is my product, this is what I offer. Like, and, and you did kind of take us through a little bit of, you know, how to kind of start that conversation, you know, especially like with something like LinkedIn. But is yeah. there, you know, how, how do you kind of, balance those things like is there a point where you know if you're asking someone for coffee you know you have been having that sort of lighter chat and then you're like you know we've been chatting for a while you know um is that the point to kind of talk a little bit about your product or do you at that point do you kind of assume they know know enough about you okay so i don't it should not be about the product yeah Right. In, in fact, there's, there's a colleague in Sydney of mine who, who says, I dare you not to mention the product name, the product company name um, or, or, or what it does, right? And, and, and he's right in a way insofar as it should be about what problem does this thing solve for my client, right? Which then presupposes that I understand the problem and I understand that the client has that problem, mm. right? So if, if you start out with helping to buy, right? Um, then you need to somehow bring the subject up, right? Yeah. And and people go, uh, people say, ah, uh, sorry. The 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 old fashioned way is to say, look, I work for a company and we do this and we have that and our clients are this and blah 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 blah, right? I, I call that we be syndrome, right? Mm. We're talking about we have this and we have that, right? No more we be syndrome. What what you want to do is you want to say. Oh, look, Lauren, uh, we, we deal with a lot of people like you and we see that they have these issues and uh, and this is how we, we, we address them, right? And then Lauren can decide, oh, am I one of those? Actually, I am. I think I am. Maybe I'm, I'm not, but I don't know. But I, I do want to know more, right? And we, we've got to create this thing that I call the lean forward moment, right? Where the customer leans forward or the prospect leans forward and says, Lauren, that sounds really interesting. Tell me some more about that. And at that very moment, have they given you their permission to sell to them? Yeah. Not before, right? So you've got to solicit their interest, engage with them, draw them into a dialogue, not a monologue, a dialogue, right? And and the, the way that I propose to do that is to actually talk about 
uh, like I write articles right? <clears throat> on, on LinkedIn, 164 articles, I think at the moment. And, and, and the articles say, um, here's, here's a, a, a topic, here's a, a trend, or here's a situation that I've noticed. And this is, this is how it impacts the industry or the business. And this is what you have a choice of doing about it. If you want to talk to me some more about it, do that, right? I, I don't say I've, I've got, I, I know I started off with that. I don't, I don't say I've got these three services, which one would you like, mm. right? Be, because people go, well, I don't even know that I need those, right? But, but if I say, have you got a pipeline that's uh, unreliable? Have, yeah. have you got, a, um, are, are you leads? Are you sure that all your leads are as good as they are? Are you qualifying in enough, qualifying out enough? You know, how do you know, right? The, 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 those are questions where they go, ah, oh, actually tell me some more about yeah. that, right? So, so if, if, you can, if you can be a rep that actually creates that lean forward moment. Yeah, I love that. The lean forward moment. That's great. That's a really great way to kind of, uh, think about it because it's got the movement in it and that that is like I mean I think in the digital age it can be hard because we are interacting without that non-verbal feedback but we can see it in someone's language when they're interested I think you know we can look I think you can do it in the digital domain as well and and that is that I, I say to a lot of my clients don't sell yeah what in, in a, at the first point of contact you don't want to sell because they're so keen to sell, so they go, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. here's all the information you need to make a decision. Now, as the, as the prospects, I don't even know, as the prospect, I don't even know whether I'm ready to make a decision. I don't even know whether I need the thing that you're selling, right? So you're overloading me with information I'm not sure I need, right? So in the first contact, all you want to do is solicit their interest, right? Yeah. So you don't need to bombard them with everything. You just need to intrigue them enough to go, mm. <laughs> 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 and just bait them with a bit of information so that they go, Lauren, what do you mean by that? Right? Right? And, and then you can say, oh, glad you asked, you know, this and this and this and this. And, and, and again, they've given you tacitly their, their permission to sell to them at that moment. Peter, I love this. This has been such an eye-opening chat and I'll make sure we have the link uh, to contact you as well. Is the best way for people to reach out to you via LinkedIn? LinkedIn or email, yeah, pstrogop at peterstrogop.com. Very easy. So just reach out. I'm, I'm, I'm friendly mostly. So <laughs> just, just do it. Well, I'll vouch for you. <laughs> oh, Peter, thanks again. And thanks everyone for listening. It's been a lot of fun. No, thank you, Lauren. It was great to be here. Bye, everyone. So you've made it to the end of the episode. Obviously, you really liked what Peter had to say. I did as well. Uh, you are in good company there. Great minds think alike, all those cliches. So if you can think of anyone else who would appreciate it or if you're thinking my sales team would really get a lot out of this, uh, please share it with whoever you think would benefit from it. That's how podcasts grow um, and I'd really appreciate your support. All right, enjoy the rest of your week and I'll speak to you again on Friday.